This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. You ever feel that way? Like you have to find Thanksgiving? We, uh, that video showed obviously more of a broader, um, a broader spectrum of what we are dealing with, the chaos, the struggles that we're facing more as a nation, right, as a people. But doesn't it feel that way sometimes personally? That it's like something happens one thing after another, and those are the seasons that are typically the hardest uh, to be thankful. Mike and I read a devotion last night that we've been uh, walking through. It's a very short one that it revolves around the, the song, um, There Was Jesus. And uh, there's a line in that song, and it talks about in the hills and the valleys on the mountains. Basically, if, we're, if you think back to your good day, right? It's, it's, it's hard to be thankful in the bad days because we're dealing with our own emotions, right? But it's more times than not, if we have a good day, if we're not careful, we tend to forget that God was actually with us on the good day and that God actually allowed us to have the good day. You agree? Maybe that's not you. Maybe that's me. But for me, if I'm flowing through on a good day and things just kind of nice and moving forward, it's a whole lot easier for me to ride that roller coaster and ride that momentum. I'm not really stopping and check myself sometime to think about where that came from. And so I want to just um, give you a simple thought today that I've entitled everything. I started to title it things because things happen, right? That's a nice way of saying that stuff happens. Things happen. Things are not always good. They're, of course, not always bad. But thing ha- things happen. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. This is a go-to passage for me anytime Thanksgiving rolls around. I love it. There's so many sermons and sermon points if you're a person that's ever tried to think through of how to prepare a conversation. There's a lot of points, and it's very easy to preach this passage. But as I was walking through this this season, studying for today, something different kind of struck me. Something different kind of stood out to me. Now, I'm going to read this out of the New American Standard Bible, so it may sound a little different, but I'm going to break that down for you in a minute and explain to you that it doesn't really matter what translation we read, we're dealing with the same word. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, 
in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Obviously, if you hadn't figured out yet, the word everything is where we're headed. The word everything in this verse is kind of what we're going to pull out of. So I decided I was going to do something awesome. And I was going to search for every time the words in everything were used in specifically the New American Standard Bible. Here's the reason. The word in everything, the word everything there, originally in the original language is ponti. Look at your neighbor and say ponti. Ponti. Your translation might say in all circumstances. Is that what it says? Mine says in everything. It doesn't matter which English translation you read. The original word is ponti. These guys got together. They translated it all different ways, but it still is the same word. The word ponti means all, whole, completeness. So that means when, when the writer's talking, when Paul's talking to the church of Thessalonica, he says in everything, that means literally the completeness of everything and who you are, the completeness of all situations, the completeness of all seasons. If your Bible says all circumstances, it's not just like we would say, yeah, in all circumstances. No, it is very definitive. All circumstances, every single circumstance that could take place, we are to give thanks in those circumstances. In everything. So I did a search, and I wanted to know how else these two words in everything, or ponti, were used throughout the Scripture. And so I want to give you uh, four different statements, in everything statements, that I believe we can walk out today to make a difference. You with me? Lord bless. I ain't got nowhere to be today. I ain't got nothing to do. I can roll my sleeves up. I got 66 books we can roll through if you want to. Huh? <laughs> that live stream ain't going to cut us off for a good several hours. You with me? Come on now. The first statement I want to give you comes out of Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. It says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. In everything, you've got an understanding of the word. It means all circumstances. It means the completeness of who you are, the completeness of what happens to you, the completeness of everything that somebody does to us. The writer is saying, in everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. That's a big one, Right? On Wednesday nights, we've been talking about, if you've not missed Wednesday nights, I shouldn't even give you this tidbit if you've not been coming, but I'm going to. We'll give you the short, condensed version. We've been walking through the book of Titus, the letter that Paul wrote to Titus. And it's, Titus was supposed to go into Crete, and we'll give you a little bit of backstory. And he was supposed to go in and sort some things out in the churches. And basically what was taking place was they were Christians. They were following the way. This was the churches in Crete, but yet their behavior did not line up with their beliefs. Their behavior did not line up with their beliefs. And as we've talked through that on Wednesday night, that's kind of been uh, a gut punch because if we're real and we're honest, uh, so many times, hopefully not as many as what we would say, but there are times when our behaviors do not line up with our beliefs, Right? We've got to find ourselves in a place of repenting and asking for forgiveness in that because our behavior and our beliefs don't line up. They don't align. 
We had the question presented in this Wednesday night Bible study that said, what if you're the best Jesus that somebody ever sees? That's a bold statement. We claim to be Christians. We claim to be Christ followers. We claim to be disciples. But yet if our behavior does not align with our beliefs, we're creating something that's not technically truth. Because if I'm the best person, if I'm the best, excuse me, Jesus that somebody ever sees, and they look at me, and they, they're seeing now Jesus through me, and my life is not reflecting who Jesus is, then in turn, I've just become a, a false prophet or a false teacher. You with me? By my life, I didn't have to open my mouth at all. I didn't have to spread a lie with my words. It could have been that my actions and my behavior did not line up with what I say I believe. You with me? It's easy when somebody's being nice. It's easy when it's comfortable. It's easy when we're in a comfortable situation. It's easy at that point in time to make those beliefs line up with our behaviors. Yeah? No? It's easy, right? When I'm comfortable, when I'm in my comfort zone, whenever things are going my way, it's not necessarily as difficult for me in that season to line up with what I say that I am. But, that's not all circumstances. That's not in everything. Because there are times whenever things, people are, are against me or there's times whenever somebody said something that's hurt my feelings, which, come on now, there's times whenever things are not quite the way that I want them to be, that I'm frustrated, I'm aggravated. There's times when my day isn't going exactly how I think it should be. And even in that moment, Matthew said, in everything, treat people the way you would want to be treated. Right? So our first in everything statement is in everything behave like Jesus. In everything behave like Jesus. The second thought is this. It comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. It says, And I thank God always concerning you for the grace of God which has given which was given you in Christ Jesus. Verse 5 says that in everything. You were enriched in him, in all speech, in all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you're not lacking any gift. Let's break that down. Let's read it in the New Living Translation. It's not going to be on your screen. That's my fault. It says, through him, God has enriched your church in every way, with all your eloquent words, with all of your knowledge. This confirms what I told you about Christ is true. Verse 7 is, is the verse that says, Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. In everything. He's given us everything. We've been enriched. He's talking to the church. The church has everything. We make excuses sometimes as churches. Sometimes as individuals. You ever... Made the excuse that somebody else will do it? Huh? Right? Here's the thing for me with that. If in everything, God's enriched me. In everything, he's enriched the church. In everything, he's given us all speech, all knowledge, everything we need to sit and to wait and to do the work of the Lord till he returns. If in everything, he's given us that. But yet, I decide I don't want to look at you. 
that somebody else can do it. What if? What if in everything you're the only one in the local body that God gave that gift to? We know he gave the church the gifts, right? And we all got different gifts. Paul writes in that same letter to the church of Corinth. He's writing to the Corinthians. Everybody's got a gift. God's given out of his abundance of great gifts. Everybody's gifting is different. To some, he's, he's, he's gifted teachers. To some, prophets. To some, evangelists. To some, preachers. To some, if you serve well, serve. There's all these different giftings. What if the gift that God's birthed inside of you what if that gift that you're sitting on because you say somebody else will get it done, what if you're the only person in the church that got the gift? Just a thought. Because now, I mean, let's be honest. If you say somebody else will do it, it's so that we can more conveniently do what we want to do, right? I mean, you're just being real. People make time for what they want to do. That's the reality. People make time to do what they want to do. So, if I've got the mindset of somebody else will do that so that I can do this, okay, so maybe you missed the mark for you and you didn't get the blessings for you because you didn't exercise that gift. But the bigger question is, what if we robbed the church of as I was studying for this and I was praying through this, it was like it just dropped. If I sit on my hands, because in everything, in everything we've been equipped, in everything the church has been gifted, but if I choose to stop and sit on my hands, then not only have I robbed myself, but I've interrupted the flow of what God wanted to do in the church. Right? You see, excuse me, you see that? It limits not only you, but the church. Third thought. I promise this is going to get better because these have been kind of harsh. You still with me? You sure? If you're not, you can go jump in that fountain outside. Just don't hit your head on a rock. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 6 is another in everything statement. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. <laughs> Some of us ain't even found our gentle spirit yet. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> right? And his words tell us, let it be known to all men. We ain't even seen that joker yet. But that's not the end of everything. Verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Supplication's a fancy word for saying earnest asking. Be anxious for nothing, but instead in everything, all, whole, completeness, every circumstance, good, bad, ugly, feel good, don't feel good, anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and earnest asking 
with thanksgiving. That's a weird one. Because here I am in this trial. Here I am in this situation, this circumstance. Okay, Lord, I won't be anxious about it. Because in everything I'm going to be prayerful and I'm going to ask you. And then it says, with thanksgiving. What am I being thankful for? Here's the situation. Am I thanking him for the situation? It's a heart of thanksgiving. If I'm living this life of thanksgiving, then my prayers and my requests are coming to him through this mindset of thanksgiving. And everything, have peace. The opposite of anxiousness would be grace and peacefulness, right? If you've ever had any kind of anxiety whatsoever, real, like, for real anxiety, you know that the opposite of that anxiousness, the opposite of that anxiety attack is calmness and peace. It's just this settling spirit. If you can ever get to a place where you can release that anxiety, if you ever get to a place even in that moment where to pass, it's like it goes and it's like, oh, I can breathe. Literally like you can take a breath you couldn't take before. And so if the word says be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, through thanksgiving, make your petition known to the Lord, that's in everything I need to find and pray for that peace. In everything, allow peace to be on your life. If God is the peacemaker, and God himself by nature is peace. It only makes sense to me that if I need peace in every single circumstance, that I would do what that song said a minute ago, and I literally would run to him, and I would cling to him, so that in every situation, my McCaden, some days he's hanging on my leg, I can't walk one way or another without him being right there. I'm stepping all over him. Do you realize if we were that way with our Heavenly Father, we couldn't help but be in His presence and be in His peace constantly? He's hanging on my leg because He don't want me to go anywhere that He's not going, right? What if, what if by my prayer and by my worship and by my praise, my heart of thanksgiving for Him, what if I'm clinging to the leg of the Father so that He literally is like He can't move without me being right there? That means every situation... In every circumstance I walk through, I can be anxious for nothing, but I can have peace because I'm literally clinging to peace itself. You with me? In everything, have peace. The last statement is this. This is two passages of Scripture that it comes out of. The first one is Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Paul's talking he says in everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself said it's more blessed to give than to receive and everything be a blessing and everything be a blessing Paul said I've taught you I've gone through I've I've, I've you've seen this I've I've opened I have <laughs> demonstrated it to you. I've lived as an example in everything that I've taught you. Remember that I've given you everything you need to know to help the weak. 
Remember, Jesus himself said it's better to give than to receive. We're attempting to make a conscious effort this year that everything we do with our kids through the Christmas season, you know that I love Thanksgiving, but I'm already in Christmas mode. Remember? We're doing our best to find ways for our kids to see that it's much more important and it's much better for them to give than to get. Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 11, or 7 through 11. This is how we do that. How do we give? There's times that I wish I had more to give. There's times I don't feel like I have enough to give. And Paul talks about it. He says, each, mo- each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then verse 8 is what explains it. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything. Having all sufficiency in everything. That means everything I could possibly need. I've got everything. Everything is sufficient. Not because of me, but because of God. How do I live out this life that is better to give than to receive? Well, because sufficiently, sufficiency comes from Him. And then it goes on and it says, as, is, as it is written in verse 9, He scattered abroad, He gave to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. Now He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will supply and multiply your seed for growing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched. What's the words? In everything. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality. What does that mean? So that you can give freely. We're enriched in everything so that we then can give freely. And then what's so cool about it is that through us, it produces thanksgiving to God. Because as we are a blessing, in everything we bless Everything, comma, we bless. And through our blessing, more thanksgiving gets known to God. I believe that these 71 shoeboxes, whenever they show up in those orphanages and they show up to those kids, I believe that there's 71 thank yous that are going to go up to our Heavenly Father because of what we've done. Do you agree? We see that verse walked out in action. That because all sufficiency has come to us and through us, then we've been given it so that in everything, all liberality, we had the resources and the opportunity to go and buy the stuff to put in these boxes. And now through us, Thanksgiving's going to be made known to God. So go back to 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. For you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. You play me some music softly, sir. In everything, behave like Jesus. In everything, behave like Jesus. In everything, We need to be operating in our gift. We have everything we can possibly need for this season. The church, if the Lord allows and tarries the beginning of this year, 2021, 
The Lord's laid some stuff on my heart. I believe he's shifting the church. I believe that we're on a pivot point. And I believe that he supplied all the gifts. We make all the excuses, but he supplied all the gifts. He supplied everything that we possibly could need to be the difference and to make a difference into a lost and dying world. In everything, have peace. In all situations, ponte. All circumstances, everything, completely, wholeness. 24 7, 365, 6 on the leap year. Wholeness, always. Then everything, in everything we bless. This week, as we walk throughout this Thanksgiving week, it's going to look so different for so many people. I've got friends that won't have families around their table because they're quarantined. Have families around the table because they actually are sick with COVID. And there's families that are going to have missing people at the table that weren't, they were there last year. It's going to be very different. And the only way that I to walk through these seasons. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything. Good, bad, the mourning, the rejoicing. Give thanks. Here's what's interesting. up, Carter? The first Thessalonians verse. We see this as an individual command, right? I've just even delivered it to you. That you as a person rejoice always. That's the way we read this in the English language, correct? Greek is nothing like English. In fact, there's parts of the Bible we don't even technically know exactly what it says because we're not smart enough to interpret the Greek to English. We've done the best we can prayerfully to do that. But what you don't see here actually is this is a plural verb. We don't even have plural verbs in the English language. But what it actually should say if we were to read it technically in the Greek, it would say you all rejoice always. Go to the next verse. You all pray without ceasing. Next verse. And in everything, you all give thanks. Here's the beauty of all of this. Paul's writing to a church. He's not writing to an individual person. He's writing to a church. And so how do I rejoice always? I can't. 
There's days I can't rejoice the way that I'm supposed to in my flesh. It holds me back, right? Be honest. There's no reason in pretending we're perfect. There's days that my prayers are going to stop. Whether I'm sidetracked, whether I'm frustrated, whether I'm so fed up. Honestly, can we be real? I'm fed up with God and what He's trying to do in the moment. Let's be honest. So mind blown about why the season is like it is and why are we, what are we, God, what are you even doing right now? And absolutely there's times when my wholeness doesn't include things. Here's why I need you and why you need me. Because it's all about the community. It's the church. I don't know how people live that are not plugged into a church. You can be a sorry, lackadaisical Christian. And if you're plugged into a church, it'll do a whole lot for you still. To be honest, it's not an excuse to be a sorry Christian. I'm just telling you, God will still pour out blessings on your life by being connected to the living church. what we've got to do not individually but as a church I need you to agree with me that we do our best efforts you do your best effort for me and I do my best effort for you that if I'm striving day in and day out I'm going to fail I'm going to fall we have a beautiful crowd here today it is so good to see you Chances are the day that I'm down and out and I'm in the dumps, somebody is up on a mountaintop. Right? Chances are it's when I'm down in my bottom and I feel low and I got the Monday blues is what we call them and it's just a really bad day. Chances are somebody's on a mountaintop and I'm plugged into a family. I'm plugged into a community that when I can't rejoice... When I can't continue to pray, when I can't give thanks, somebody is committed to doing that for me. And when you're down, and when you're out, and when you're washed out, and you're washed up, and you're fed up, somebody is on top and committed to rejoicing always, to praying continuously. And in every situation, we're giving thanks. You can't do it on your own. It's not possible. It's not possible, baby. That's right. It's not. Paul wasn't telling us individually to do this. He's telling us as a church. He's saying to the church of Thessalonians, the church said in Thessalonica, rejoice, church. Did you know that Christianity was the first religion that ever come about that was focused on joy we got some really sad looking pitiful looking Christians some that look like they lost their best buddy all the time you with me I'm just being honest but yet we were founded on joy would you stand with me So this is real simple. In everything, act like Jesus. 
In everything, you need to operate in your gift. In everything, you need to have peace. And in everything, you need to be a blessing. You with me? But even more than that, here's what we're going to commit to today. We're going to commit to as a church, not for you personally, not for me personally, but for us, the person beside you, the person across the aisle from you, the person that you don't even like that's on the road three, three rows up. I don't know what it is. We're going to commit to rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and in everything, giving thanks. Would you do that with me today? Father, I love you. God, I thank you for goodness. I thank you for grace, Lord. I thank you, God, that throughout everything, throughout every season of up and down, God, throughout every situation, God, you have, have purposed in our heart. We just heard your will for our life. God's will for us is that we rejoice always, pray without ceasing, that we give thanks in everything. The word says that is the will of God for our lives in Christ Jesus. God, so I pray, Lord, that we find thanksgiving in everything. We find Thanksgiving, not that we allow it to come. It comes around this one Thursday every year, Lord, and this is the, the topic of conversation, and that's great, God, but I pray, Lord, that this thought would be resonating with us, God, that it would resonate in day in and day out, that as we walk throughout this week, we recognize that we're all walking through a different season. We're all walking through a different journey, God, Lord, but we together, corporately, can pray without ceasing. We can rejoice always, Father, and in every circumstance, we can give thanks. Lord, there's some of us that... As we walk throughout life, we're going to struggle. There's no question. We've got up and downs. We've got valleys. We've got sickness. We've got heartache. We've got death. We have all these issues that face us. God, but the beauty of being plugged into community, the beauty of being plugged into a church family, is that when I'm down, somebody else is up and somebody else is rejoicing. Somebody else is praising your name. Somebody else is lifting up prayers for me when I can't even lift up prayers for myself. Father, and somebody else is giving thanks to you. Father, in everything, let our behaviors match our, our beliefs, Father. In everything, let our actions be in actions of you, Father. In everything, God, I pray that in everything, God, we operate in our giftings as not just a church body, Lord, but as a church member, as a person that is a church of the body of Jesus Christ. We would operate in the gift of you giving us everything we need to make it through these last days, to make it till you come back to win the world. You've given us that, Father, but it don't happen by saying somebody else will get it done. Father, give us the courage, the boldness, the willingness to do what it is that you want us to do. Father, give us peace in everything. Let us have peace. How does that come? It comes by clinging to you. And in everything, Lord, let us be a blessing. Father, we pray corporately today. We're binding together. We're unified, declaring that we're going to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. I thank you, Lord. I praise your name. With that spirit of prayer continuing. Would you just stretch your hands toward these the shoe boxes in this altar? Let's pray over these boxes and pray over these kids. Father, I thank you, Lord, for an opportunity, God, that we've had to do something bigger than ourselves. Father, I thank you for uh, every person, God, that's sown into this, that's made a difference in, in this ministry, Father, that's made a difference in this project not only for our church, God, but throughout the world, Lord, the, the Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child Project. Father, I thank you for those leaders. I thank you for those people that make this happen. I thank you for the donors that allow it to take place, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless them and use them and direct them in this uncertain and unseen day. 
Father, I thank you for those of our church family that have been able to go above and beyond and give beyond what they had to, Lord, and be able to put something in these boxes. Lord, I believe that as your word says, you're opening up the doors and the windows of heaven and you're pouring out blessings. God, but most importantly today, I pray for the kids that will receive these boxes. Lord, we bind together. We're unified. Believe in God that life change and life difference is going to be made. Father, on these boxes, Lord, through these boxes, through these gifts, God, the gift is simply an avenue for them to see your love and to see your, your hope for them that they have. God, I pray that as they go through the discipleship training program, the, the program where they see your love displayed for them, God, I pray that they would come to know you. That's the ultimate goal is that somebody comes to know you through this process, Lord. And I believe, God, that many, 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 many kids are going to come to know you and going to be a part of your family through this ministry. God, and as these 71 boxes go out from our, our church, Father, I pray that you would allow lives to be changed. Let 71 kids come to know you in some way, shape, or form, and let them be blessed by what we have been able to do, God, and what you've been able to do through us. Lord, you get the glory. It's not about us, but Lord, you did this through us, and we thank you for using us to make that difference. Father, I pray that you bless your people, that you keep them, Lord, as we go throughout this week. God, I pray that you would minister to them as we walk through this, this Thanksgiving week. What we celebrate is Thanksgiving, God, but I pray, God, that we just accept and we count your blessings. Lord, bless your people. Keep them safe. Lord, bless them and, and let your peace shine on them. In the name of Jesus, I thank you. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of our service today. Remember, uh, no service this Wednesday night. Enjoy being with your family. God bless you.